Hello, you wonderful woman. Welcome to the Love is Coming podcast. I'm your host, Persia Lawson, one of the UK's most successful love coaches, according to The Times magazine, and author of the book, Love is Coming. It's my mission through this podcast to help single women, specifically female leaders, get powerful, soul-expanding relationships that revolutionize your growth, impact, and happiness during your time on planet Earth. Let's get straight to it. Hello, welcome back. So I'm going to start by saying that this podcast episode is definitely not going to be for everyone, which you may have already gathered from the title of it, but it is going to be extremely powerful and potent for those of you that identify as a leader in whatever chosen field. I am going to be sharing about my recent experience with ayahuasca. It's the first time I'd done it. I did it with my fiance, Joe, on my birthday in Costa Rica. It was over a weekend. Now, I'm not just going to be telling you about my experience because that is not going to be of much use to you or it's going to be a very minimal use to you. What I'm going to be sharing are the downloads that I received and the wisdom that can be applied to your own love life. So there's going to be practical and tangible tools and insights that you can absolutely apply to your own love life. Again, this is going to really resonate and serve you if you identify as a leader in some respect, wherever you are at on your journey. For example, maybe you are training right now as a coach um, or you're, you're interested in becoming a healer. Um, those are those are two modalities. They're not the only modalities. I say those because that's the field that I'm in. But the key word that keeps coming up for me is around leadership, i.e., whatever your chosen field, you want to activate, support people through your through your creative endeavors, whatever that might be. Maybe you're a film director, maybe you're an actor, maybe you're a musician, but you're intention through your work is to expand consciousness in some way to inspire to motivate and to express love so if that has resonated so far then you are definitely um, listening to the right episode for you I'm going to be sharing three specific downloads and tools that will um, definitely serve you in your love life especially if you want to step into a powerful, committed relationship, a soul-expanding relationship that is going to revolutionize your impact, your growth, and your happiness in the near future. Okay, so let's get started. So let me give you a little bit of context 2021 was very, very challenging for me in a lot of different ways, personal way reasons. Um, business was challenging in ways. Obviously, we were, we were all dealing with COVID. Um, on the outside, things looked really good for me. Uh, Joe, my fiance, and I had moved, uh, bought and moved into our first property together, our first owned property together. Um, in the Surrey Hills, just outside London. It's very, very beautiful here. We knew that we wanted to... Um, well, COVID definitely showed us we wanted to move to the countryside. We still rent in London. So we, this really beautiful sort of town and country lifestyle that I had longed for. 
we bought our own cockapoo puppy in March, which was a total journey and amazing and challenging. And I bought out my second book, Love is Coming, last July, well, in July 2021. That had taken me five years to write. So I was really proud of myself. I love the book. I'm so proud of the book. Could not improve it. Even when I read back now, you know, I really worked hard on it. So, so much great stuff happened but I was going through a lot of inner struggles and the experience I had of doing ayahuasca was without a shadow of a doubt, the biggest spiritual shift and transformation that I've experienced in myself, in my, certainly in my, my relationship with Joe, but in my life in general, in a decade, the last time I had a shift this profound was at the beginning of 2011. And that could have that went on into 2012 as well um, after a very, very painful breakup. Um, I believe that heartbreak is one of the biggest vehicles for our, our transformation and growth as well. So I have known for quite some time that I was due, uh, I was due a sort of up-leveling. Up-levelings are never fun in the moment or certainly not before. And I didn't know exactly how it was going to come about. Things that I thought were supposed to happen didn't happen and then unexpected things happened instead so joe and i knew that we needed to we're traveling has always been a very big part of our relationship we knew that we needed to get the fuck out of this country and we needed to get traveling by any means necessary costa rica has always been a very very special one always the last three years it's been a special place to us we went there for the first time uh, at the end of 2018 we went there for a couple of months um, Joe's got friends from work who were from there and we had a really beautiful experience when we went there before life-changing in many ways and so we kind of felt called to go back there and I also felt called well both of us felt called to do a mushroom ceremony with a healer that we knew and so we were supposed to do that on New Year's Eve and for a variety of boring old COVID related reasons it just wasn't happening and what happened for me on the sort of day, the last day of 2021 was that I had a bit of a breakdown because I'd forgotten how to travel and work because it had been a couple of years since I'd done that. And, and all my old work addiction stuff came out. I've talked about this in the podcast before. I'm actually going to do another episode shortly um, around workaholism and how that affects and influences your romantic life and what you need to do about it because I've had a lot of personal shifts around that so I yeah I just had a bit of a breakdown and I was trying to do all the stuff and the wi-fi wasn't working and blah 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 and what happened is we got invited to a sunset um silent disco on the beach but the music was being played with incredible musicians live and then we had these earphones on and obviously it was the last sunset of 2021 2021 you know another thing that had gone down for us is you know we had our wedding cancelled twice in 2020 and 2021 uh because of covid and that was very stressful and frustrating and now i can see exactly why we didn't get married then because we were not ready to so beyond just the practical reasons, like thing, and you will totally be able to identify this in your own life, things that didn't happen because of COVID. And if you have done the work around it, you may well see, or maybe now this is what I'm sharing is activating you to think about those things that didn't happen in a different way. Why did they not happen? 
what was the deeper reason beyond COVID as, as to why maybe you were not ready for them to happen then in that way. And that can also, you know, speak into relationships breaking down. A lot of relationships broke down. I've, I've coached a lot of women one-to-one over the last few years through heartbreak and now a lot of those women are now in incredible relationships having had at least a year if not more on their own which is very important so long story short we did this um this disco on the peach and it and it, and it something happened there's something happens when you start to embody through movement and not just sit and think about you know insights and lessons like you actually have to get healing into your body that's something that i really have experienced over the last couple of months And I had a download that was basically let go, get off social media for the whole of January, do this every single year, give the best and first part of the year to yourself. You have a team, they can manage and run the business for you and do the bare minimum. And January is about your personal growth because your business and your work is only ever going to be as powerful and healthy and profound and potent as you are, as your relationship with yourself is. And that's the first thing I really want you to hear. You know, it's so easy to get caught in when we are leaders, when we're going out there to do powerful, important work. You know, we want to change the world in our own way. We want to help people. And we can become so obsessed with that, that we forget that we only can help people to the extent that we help ourselves. And I certainly know that that's been true for me over COVID. I was completely burnt out because I'd worked so, so hard in that time because everyone was in lockdown and, you know, wanting to work with me or do my programs. So it was a very busy season. And obviously I was writing a book in that time as well. So that night after that uh sunset beach disco thing that had completely broke something in me in a positive way we were invited to a cacao ceremony um where actually mushrooms were being very openly served as well god bless you costa rica um i don't know if i've talked about this before but apparently that's where we're going if you're seeing any clip of me talking about this you'll see i've got my like little festival very out there spiritual jacket on apparently that's what that's the direction we're moving in okay so I think mushrooms are incredible I'll probably do another episode no I will I'll do if I wasn't expecting to say this I'll do another total different episode on on mushrooms and my experience with them and and them being a catalyst and healer um that's another episode but long story short the message I got there was very much around work addiction, very much around let go, focus on you. Everything work-wise will take care of itself, which it absolutely has done. And, and that download and insight and, and really showing up for it, like I stuck to that. I did not go on social media at all in January, gave me such an amazing amount of space. It broke my obsession around work and it gave me the space to prepare for what was to come, which I didn't know at this point. So long story short, um, a very close friend of mine, Jess, who we first went out to Costa Rica with three years ago, and she went back in December 2020 and just never came back to London. (laughs) She's still there. She just felt called to Costa Rica. It has got, you know, you probably heard of a lot of people going over there. It's got a very special, profound energy. There's especially around um, with regards to plant medicine. Um, it's very expensive. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. I was not prepared for that. So if you're listening, it's going, oh my gosh, if I, 
I want to go over there. Do, but just start saving now. That's what I'm going to say. It's worth it. It's 100% worth it. It's not like as cheap as Asia. I assumed it would be. And I was very much wrong. (laughs) Anyway, we have, I had this feeling that we needed to, well, both of us did, Joe and I, we needed to extend our flights. So we did, um, so that I could be there for my birthday on February the 11th. And as soon as we'd extended the flights, I got a message from Jess saying, there is, who, by the way, she's done like 50 ayahuasca ceremonies. It's completely, I mean, it's completely transformed her. It's been so incredible to watch and to spend that time with her and see the shifts. Anyway, she's a she's absolutely a leader in her own field as well. And she said, there's an ayahuasca ceremony on your birthday for that weekend, one on the Friday, which was my birthday, and one on the Saturday. I think you and Joe should come. And it was near where we were going to be staying. And it felt like sort of divine synchronicity. So we did what we needed to do. And there was a lot of steps involved. And I want to be really clear about this. Like, I think sometimes people think, or I certainly used to think that, oh, you know, when, when it, when things are, when you get the download, like that's it, you just need to sit and meditate and visualize and that's all it is. No, there is action to take. And sometimes the action is really frustrating (laughs) and there's lots of little mini steps. And, and actually, again, that comes back into, you know, something I talk about a lot in my book, Love is Coming is commitment. The book is divided into three parts, heal, attract, commit. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later on, but the commitment piece, and you're, you're always moving through those three circles, sort of around in a circle. It's not like you get to the end of it and that's it done. Like you, it's cyclical. Then you go back to healing. Then you go back to attracting. Then you go back to commitment. And the action piece is all around commitment. It's like you get that divine, that divine nudge, piece of information. You've got to show up for it. You've got to take those steps. And sometimes, as I said, they can be, annoying especially around travel and covid restrictions and all that sort of jazz but you just have to move through them one at a time and it shows you how committed i am to this you are i am we are co-creators in our life experience and and i think this is something that so many women do not understand when it comes to love they think love and relationships they get it they might get it in money and business they do not get it's exactly the same with love you have to take action and if you are not taking action then don't be surprised why your love life feels so stagnant and stuck. It's because you are not showing up for the guidance. Maybe you're not even open to the guidance because you are in love avoidance. We'll come back to that as well. So we go to this retreat um, and we jump through all the hoops we need to jump through. And there we are on my birthday, my 36th birthday. And we are in the ayahuasca ceremony and there was there's probably about 40 to 50 people in the room. A lot of those, several of those are the shaman, shaman, never know which how to say it. And others are sort of helpers. Everyone does ayahuasca in the experience. The family and lineage that we were doing was a Colombian tradition, which I absolutely know is the one for me. And Joe feels the same. You Often you'll get called, you know, there's the Peruvian, Brazilian, probably some others I don't know about, but for whatever reason, we were called to the Colombian tradition. And this one goes all night is extremely that the um ayahuasca we're drinking specific brew called yahe and known for its particular purging qualities now i need to be very clear i'm someone who hates being sick terrified of it um and so i was a bit livid when i heard that this one is known for being very very purgy and i also having done the experience know that was exactly what i bloody well needed 
Okay, so Joe and I were actually called up first to drink, um, which was, you know, exciting and scary in equal measure. Um, and they didn't, you know, not because we were in a relationship, they just, that's, that's what happened. Our names got called up and it was my birthday, so it felt special. Anyway, moving on to the first very important piece that you uh, need to understand in relationship to your love life and really anything in life. This is how I start my book. Um, love is coming the heal part so many people want to jump to the manifestation it's so sexy in our culture in the self-development world want to manifest 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 which can actually you know I know listen guilty as uh, as much as anyone of this it is about I want the stuff I want the stuff and when we are so obsessed with getting the stuff as opposed to our inner experience Often, firstly, it takes a long time for that stuff to show up because we're not a vibrational match for it because we're actually coming from a place of lack. But also on a more potent, powerful level, we are not actually ready for the stuff because we have not become the person who understands that it's about our inner experience. It is about how we are feeling moment to moment on a daily basis. It's not actually about getting the stuff. As Abraham Hicks, who I'm sure you're familiar with, if you're not going YouTube, Abraham Hicks because that's a whole other thing. But they talk about how the only reason we ever want something, we want to manifest something in the first place is because we believe it will make us feel a different way on the inside. So it's important to start with the feelings and then you become a vibrational match for those things. And then you realize when you get them, how transient they are. And actually that it wasn't the most important thing. It's like nice to have, but it wasn't the most important thing. And, you know, I experienced that in 2021 when these things, you know, getting the house was such a big thing on my vision board, got the house and it felt exciting for all of, you know, a week or two. But it was never about that. It wasn't about the actual house because by the time you get the thing, you're already onto the next thing. It's, it's, we're ever evolving and growing human beings. And, and so it's, always about coming back to our inner experience so what we need to understand is that we need to heal and we need to release the blockages in us that are stopping us from manifesting that thing not because so we can then manifest it so that we can feel better it's as simple as that so then came the purge. Now, I really want to say before I tell you about the purge experience, as I said, terrified of being sick. And I don't want this to put you off because it very nearly put me off. This was the most important piece for me. I was, my intention going into this experience was to heal myself, the, the deepest core of my codependency. I'd healed a lot of it. I'd healed enough of it to get myself into a place to attract Joe into my life. You know, I was independent. I knew how to be separate in my relationship, do my own thing, not trying, you know, well, I wouldn't say completely not control him, but not, you know, I, I allowed him to be free and to go and do what he wanted to do. My control still very much in like nagging him with dishwasher and all of that shit, petty things. Um, and I've, I've definitely done already a lot of growth inside our relationship around codependency, but there was a deeper, deeper, deeper level that I needed to get to. And I knew it was time. And there is something that is being stirred in you right now that you know what I'm talking about. Something that you know is blocking you and you don't want to admit it because you know if you admit it to yourself, then you're going to be required to let it go. 
And I didn't think I could live without this thing because it was so, it was so deeply entwined with my feeling of safety. Remember that is our most primary human need to feel safe and not just safe from like tigers and shit, but like emotionally safe. Like we are, our nervous systems can't register the difference. So there's something that you need to release in order to step into the next version of yourself, that version that already has that thing you want to manifest. So it's not the manifestation is kind of irrelevant. So I had a very, very, very big release and I, yeah, I was basically sick, like half a bucket full of sick. And this sick was, I wouldn't even call it sick. I'd call it like, I don't even know. It just, it was like, it was trauma. It was black. It was like black tar. And I was like, what the fuck? Because we only drank a shot of the ayahuasca, the ayahuasca, which doesn't taste the best. I'm not going to lie. But there was a lot more than a shot's worth. So how on earth was like, what was this black tar? And I just know it was trauma, like the deepest trauma coming out of me, detoxifying me. And it wasn't pleasant, but it was like, it wasn't even just what came out of me. It was the energy. You know, there was other times throughout the uh, weekend where I, I didn't actually, I wasn't sick, but I was retching a lot and I heard other people doing it. And even though nothing came out, it was an energetic release, same as crying, same as the, quite frankly, diarrhea. <laughs> there was a lot of that as well. Like it was very, very, very intense. And again, I just want to reassure you, if you're freaking out, I was totally scared of it, but it was so fundamental. We have to get this literal shit out of our bodies. You feel so much more energetically and literally lighter afterwards. So after uh, after that, I'd been really clear before the ayahuasca, you know, um, ceremony started. Listen, I spoke to the the energy of Mother Aya um, that a lot of people talk about, and I didn't really understand that at that point because I hadn't ever experienced ayahuasca. I'd done DMT. That's actually the opening of my book, uh, Love Is Coming. I taught in the prologue. I talk about that experience, which is so interesting because all the lessons that were shown to me there, I was not ready to embody until nearly five years later. It's That is how long it's taken for me to get here. I wanna be really open and honest about that. You know, I can stand here as a leader in the sort of love space and relationship space. I am not telling you that I've got it all together. And I can also tell you that even though I'd learned so much so much in those years, there was still stuff that I really struggled with. You know, I'm not a guru at all I'm just sharing where I'm at okay so what is it talking about poo no okay we've done the poo bit so so I was really clear with ayahuasca look I know it you know you you've got to do what you've got to do and I've whatever I, I need to go through I need to go through but I would just really love it if um I could have some sort of birthday party experience <laughs> during this crazy crazy ceremony and and she gave it to me in the most exquisite way so after the purging after some time had passed we went and sat for what I call and what Jess calls the cosmic car wash so you sort of quite late on into the night I, I, I'm estimating it was around 2 a.m but who bloody knows because you're not looking at watches or phones are taken away etc so we're all sat in a line and the show there was three no four three on the first night four on the second night shamans who were sat in a row and they have all these sort of like feathers and all these tools and these like like things that they kind of pour on you these lotions and like really powerful like basically all your senses are activated and they do these 
very intense, incredible chance over you in a line. So it feels like you're going through one of those like crazy car washes. And some people found it really scary. But for me, this was the most powerful. I had really clear downloads and insights around my work, around some friendships, around um, my relationship with my mother. It was so beautiful. And as soon as that had finished, that probably went on for, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. I stood up and I felt drunk with love. <laughs> it's the only way I can explain it. It was like having done a lot of mushrooms and just feeling or like being on ecstasy you know, my higher power, the universe, whatever you want to call it, definitely knows that I enjoy the experience of being high, but high in a healthy way is a whole other experience. You know, when you have those moments, I call them like bursts of love, when you're looking at your partner or your friend, and you just have this like overwhelming feeling of love. It was like that. And I sort of stumbled outside the Maloka, the Maloka is this big, it's like a big yoga shala, and it has open sides. Anyway, I stumbled out, and I looked up at the stars and oh my gosh, the stars, I had never seen anything like it. And I was just dancing because there's live music, the most incredible, incredible music. I'm actually going to link to it. Um, it's a woman called Paya. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, who plays like 15 instruments, voice of an angel. I'm going to link it in the show note, her music in the, in the show notes. And she was singing and I was just dancing and looking up at the stars and then they put these rugs out. And I just lay down looking up at the stars. And when I stood up, I saw Joe. It was the first time I'd seen him sort of all night and he stumbled out and had, had just had his healing. And it was, it was insane. And we just felt so connected and, and just lay looking at these stars and then went and sat by the fire. And, and after that, I went and lay down and Joe went for a third cup and I thought, I'll just rest my eyes. And the next thing you know, I woke up and the sun's come up and it, everyone's cheering the sunrise. So I must've been out for a good few hours. And that was all I needed for that first night. That was what I needed for that first night. What Ayahuasca had done in that evening earlier on had shown me very gently in a very loving way, because I'd said, please be gentle with me. This is my first time. And whilst I'd had a big purge and I feel like purge a lot of the codependency out of me, I was being shown my codependency. Um, so what I want to ask you before we close this first section is what is it that you know you need to release? I've already asked this, but right now I want you to, if you can write it down, if you're going on a walk, if you can stop and write this down in your phone notes, you're going to get a lot more from it. If you just think it, you'll forget it. Trust me, because I always do. <laughs> so what is it that you know you need to release in order to step into your next level and therefore be in a energetic and vibrational match for those things that you desire to manifest? What is it you need to release? So the second thing that I want to talk about is self-parenting. Self-parenting, this was another huge theme for me. So as I've already said, my intention, my overarching intention was to dissolve my, the deepest roots of my codependency that I know had stemmed from childhood. So in my relationship with Joe, you know, I talk about the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time we're great. Ever since we've been together, it's been easy and it's flowed. But that 20%, and that's, to be honest, that's the best you're going to get. There's always going to be something. And the 20% is the growth zone. And that's, you know, bloody hard but back in my old relationships it used to be you know 20% of the time was amazing and 80% of the time was hell anxious hell 
but I would live for that 20%. That is like very common in any addictive relationships. Maybe you resonate with that. So what I experienced on the, I believe it was the, it was the second night is ayahuasca. I felt like I wasn't, a lot of people were having visions. The only visions I had was I looked over to the tree and there were snakes in the tree and I'm going to come back. Actually, no, I'll just talk about the snakes now. Snakes kept coming up through my whole time in Costa Rica. And I'm terrified of snakes, by the way. But snake is a symbol for ayahuasca. And so um, I'll be getting a tattoo at some point of a snake, which I never thought I would say. I, I have tattoos of everything that I've done that or experienced that's terrifying, like a plane from when I skydived, a shark fin from when I swam with great white sharks. I can hate planes and sharks until those experiences really transform my relationship with them. So same with snakes. So I just had this like tree with snakes in it. It was very sort of Adam and Eve, but they weren't scary or nasty. But it's like they were just watching over me. And I felt ayahuasca is watching over me, which is not giving me anything else um, vision wise. I was very, I felt very grounded and sober, particularly in, like, on the second night. First night I had my cosmic sort of birthday party. But yeah, on the second night I was very, very sober and, and grounded. So my intention, dissolve the codependency, Joe's intention was to love himself like he loves others. He, he is so generous and loving to other people, but he feels, and I've definitely seen that in him, that he struggles to, to give that love to himself. And that's what kept coming up for him, particularly in the last few years. So Ayahuasca said to me on the second night, and this is a really important thing, and you will probably have heard something along these lines, but I want this to land for you in a different way. The solution to codependency is to mother yourself. The solution to codependency is to mother yourself. And it's what I was, I was having to and being called to do because particularly on that first night, when you first drink the ayahuasca, you go and you lie back down in your bed that's on the floor on this yoga shala and you are lying in silence. It's certainly in the Colombian tradition, you're lying in silence for two hours no nothing and you're, you're basically just waiting going what the fuck is going to happen and it's it was really scary and I had to really learn to mother and soothe myself through this experience and not not sort of look for Joe or look for someone to rescue me I had to know that I had it in me to mother myself and that was huge and so when I kind of experienced this on the when ayahuasca said this to me on the second night she gave me this mantra Whenever my attention got drawn to someone else being sick in the corner of the room or, or was that Joe or where's Jess or, you know, thinking of friends or family members and how much they should do this experience. You know, I was that's how my codependency was manifesting. She gave me this mantra and I want you to write this down. When you think of that thing or you feel torn to someone in that way, say to yourself or to them energetically, I love you. I release you. I come back to me. I love you. I release you. I come back to me. So you're calling your energy back towards yourself. And then I felt called to ask my inner child, the little Persia inside, darling, what do you want right now? What can I give you? What do you want right now? And little Persia said, I want a teddy bear. And I thought, shit. <laughs> give you a teddy bear right now but I looked to my left and there was this toilet roll so I picked up this toilet roll and I said what I can give you is this toilet roll teddy bear his name is Rolly and so there I was cuddling this toilet roll and squeaking the label on my dinosaur pajama shirt that I had taken off that I'd been wearing 
and sucking my thumb, which I've never done, and just gently rocking myself. It was so, so sweet. And I was just speaking so lovingly and gently to me. During this time, Joe on the second night was in in the cosmic car wash and I was right at the front by the shamans because I wanted to go where the medicine I felt would be strongest. And then Joe just came over to me and lay down. And again, we hadn't really done this. We let each other have our own space. And he said, Persia, I just met our daughter. And if you know me at all, you will know that I have been so terrified of the concept of motherhood forever. And this was the theme that I was experiencing, motherhood. And I said to Joe, I know, because I felt it too. And actually five years ago, funnily enough, the day after I'd accidentally poiled, pulled my coil out, my, um, oh my God, what's it called? Contraceptive coil. That's a whole other story. You can read about that in my book, Love is Coming. I'd been told by our healer and shaman that we were going to have a daughter. And I, I was not ready to hear it then. I, that was five years ago. I was not ready to hear it then. Interestingly, this shaman who's been, she's also in the prologue of my book, Love is Coming. Um, she, she was re- leading that DMT retreat. And there was a woman, one of the shamans on this retreat in Costa Rica looked identical to her. It was like a younger her. And it was, and so I just felt that that mother energy, that safe energy was there for me. And all of the things that that, that shaman uh, Wendy Mandy, her name is, had taught me over the or shared with me over the years that I hadn't been ready to embody by this point and integrate. All of those things were transpiring through this um, ayahuasca experience. So then, shortly, you know, Joe and I are lying in this blissful state, like connecting with the energy of our daughter. And then slowly, he starts to burp, and and he started because he he drank a third cup of ayahuasca because he's you know he's mental like that um and he said oh god my indigestion's coming up and I thought I could hear I was like god he's gonna be sick and I said and this was a really big step for me I said babe I love you but please can you go and sit by the fire this is for you to deal with and you'll have support from the shamans and the healers there it wasn't up to me to fix it or to support him through it I wanted to be with myself and my daughter at that moment and that was a really big step for me so Joe off he went and there I am lying in bliss and I then see this vision of me dying and leaving Joe and this little girl on their own in our house that we're going to be, we're, I'm in right now, we're renovating in the next sort of year or so. And I was distraught and I was so angry at ayahuasca saying, you know, how, how, how could you do this? How could you do this? how could you give me this vision and this healing and then say that I'm going to die? Like, what am I going to tell Joe? And my friend Jess had said, when something comes up in the, the journey that you do not want, you can ask ayahuasca to purging, release it. So I said, no, I do not choose that timeline. That is not happening. I want to release that. I want to release that. I want to release that get it out of me and so at that moment I suddenly felt I hadn't purged at all that night I suddenly felt this desire I was like oh god I'm gonna shit myself so I've run out and as I'm running out Joe is coming out from where the fire is his white t-shirt is absolutely covered in brown and he's like laughing I'm like what the hell happened he goes babe I shat myself and basically what had happened is he'd been I mean it must have been at least an hour I don't know again time loses all you lose all concept of time but he'd been rolling around in agony by the fire and the shamans had come and had been 
been basically doing all their magic sort of healing over him and what ayahuasca had been saying is the way you love yourself you need to focus on your health you need to treat your body well you need to eat well and respect yourself and that's the way that he'd been keeping himself small and stuck and she's like otherwise you're basically going to end up with uh, what they called colostomy bag and so then he shot himself and he just found it so funny the whole thing it's like he just got it and he was laughing and laughter is another big way that you can purge and release and so he was running he's like I've shot myself I need to clear up and I ran ahead of him and I said babe it's too late for you I still have time to save myself it was one of those moments I thought I've got to be selfish here it really was too late for him so I went in released it all and then let him go in and clean himself up luckily it only gone through to the boxes but even though I'd released it, I still felt like I don't want to walk away from this weekend that's been so transformational, feeling like I'm going to die. Like that's not how I wanted to end. So I told Jess and I told um, this woman, Sandra, who had been in the room next to, who was staying in the room next to Joe and I with her boyfriend. And also she had very serendipitously sat next to me. She didn't even realize that we were next to each other in the rooms. Uh, she sat next to me in the ceremony. And she said, you know, often ayahuasca, what she'll do is she'll evoke a reaction in you and show you how you really feel about something. And it has shown me like that lioness energy of like, no, like I, I realize I want to be a mother. So it's really, it's a really um, new thing for me to say that out loud. And certainly with so much conviction, you know, we got reggae, our puppy last year and and I've been softly, gently going through this experience of, of mothering him. Uh, it's been a really good um, activator for me. And I also talk about this at the very end of Love, before the epilogue of Love is coming up, a chapter about this exactly thing around motherhood. So it was extremely powerful. And then the shaman said, um, okay, everyone, let's sit and talk, you know, anyone who's got questions or want to share about their experience. And so shortly I put my hand up and I was scared to say this in front of Joe and I thought god what's what's the answer going to be and I shared what you know what I'd seen in my death which was very traumatic and scary and he smiled at me and I thought he was going to say you know my child you've been through so much trauma and blah, blah blah and this is why and all he said is oh in ayahuasca a death is a rebirth you have been born into motherhood and it was so simple as all the great truths always are so bloody simple and I I just knew that that was absolutely right I knew it was right and then I they they put the shop out where they have all these you know little trinkets you can buy and bracelets and jewelry and little um uh oils and healing sort of potions and such and my friend Jess had said, look, I want to, for your birthday, get you a present. So what would you like? What do you feel drawn to? And what I felt drawn to is this bracelet, which had a picture of Toucan on it. And I, you know, I didn't really know why. I thought it was quite random. That's not really my thing, but OK. Got the Toucan, went back to our bedroom, realized that our room was called Toucan. And there was a huge painting of a Toucan um, on the wall. And I felt called to look up the spiritual meaning of toucan and symbolism. And it's insane. But before I tell you that, there's one thing I've forgotten to say. I, uh, another thing that ayahuasca had really called me towards was singing, 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 singing. 
you must sing she said you must must sing and so I'm what we're moving into by the way the third part here I'm sort of overlapping a bit is signs and synchronicities it's something I talk a lot about in love is coming um and if you've been following my work you know I'm, I, I bloody love signs and synchronicities you've probably experienced a lot in your own life and I, I want this one I'm going to share just to kind of re-inspire you and and get you to be looking out for them because if you're listening to this today I guarantee that there's going to be some signs and synchronicities that follow because they always do when you're open so um one of the things that ayahuasca had said to me is you must sing, you know, hearing that voice of Paya, like I used to lead the worship band when I used to go to church back in the day. And it was such a powerful and profound way for me to connect with my higher power, God, universe, love, whatever you want to call it. Again, I know people can be a bit weird about the, um, the words, but it had said to me, you must, she had said to me, you must sing again. Cause I'd stopped, even though I talked about this, like I had a block in me and I the, wasn't because I didn't think I was good at singing. It's because it was a way of keeping myself small, actually, because when I feel, when I sing, I feel so powerful and I feel love. And because I hadn't been feeling so powerful last year, I just, I didn't, I couldn't step into that. You know, my, me and Joe are happiest when, you know, he plays guitar and I'm singing and that's what we do. And we, we're both very creative like that, but we'd stopped doing it for the last year or two. And we, you know, we're getting married this year and, and that's something I'm going to be doing. And I, my head had been like, oh, if I sing at my wedding, people are going to think I'm too much and all of that old stuff. And it reminded me of that quote, Marianne Williamson, our deepest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. So that was very much being activated again in me. And I'm sure you're familiar with that. So coming back to the signs and synchronicities, I looked up the, mean, the spiritual meaning of the toucan. And the first thing it said was, the message is you are what you eat. So it's all around health and wellness, exactly what Ayahuasca had been telling Joe. Another thing is about self-confidence, self-esteem, which is what he'd been looking at and also singing because the toucan sing has got a very powerful song, which is the other thing I've been experiencing. And this was the interesting one. The male toucan is one of the only species where the, the male incubates the eggs alongside the female. It's all around co-parenting all around co-parenting and parenting together side by side. It's around, uh, toucan represents independence, but mutual harmonious um, nurturing of yourself and others as well. And so, I mean, just everything that Joe and I had been looking at in the ayahuasca experience. So we're talking about signs and synchronicities, um, going back to the healing and releasing. You're not allowed to do the ceremony if you're on your period as a woman, because when we're on our period or our moon, this is a cleansing process and it, it, it energetically um, conflicts with the ayahuasca, which is also a cleansing process. And so I was really worried because I was due one. I was really worried that I was going to come on in the night, like during the ceremony and have to leave. But both myself and my friend Jess came on at exactly the same time in the morning after the ceremony, which was just miraculous. And another synchronicity around the singing was after I'd got that, read that thing about the toucan, I opened my Facebook because I was back on social media at this point and I was about to do a training that I couldn't, um, that was scheduled that I couldn't change. And the... I had had a, I had a message, like a tag on my timeline and it said, happy belated birthday, Persia. And it was a picture of me 
from it was from a director who I've not heard from in a decade. She directed me in a play literally this time a decade ago. And I'd played a snuff addict called Masha who was singing and I had to play guitar and it was a picture of me all in black playing guitar and singing. And this was so crazy seeing as I'd not heard from this woman and it just got me back into that creative energy and it was just confirmation of like you must sing you must sing really really beautiful so what else did I want to say another synchronicity a couple more synchronicities um that woman I was telling you about Sandra who was in the room next to us and then also sat next to me um she we were talking and and she said you know have you are you in 12 step rooms because what you're saying feels really resonant and I said yes I'm in Al-Anon for friends and family of addicts and alcoholics and she said well I've been sober for 28 years and this woman was mother of three daughters and we just had this beautiful connection it was so healing that mother energy that mother wound stuff that you know we all have it was just so so profound one final synchronicity. I mean, there were so many more. Oh no, two more that are very important. Um, before the retreat, I had uh before the retreat, literally on the Friday, my birthday, Joe had hired a quad bike and I was on the back of the quad bike. We were driving back to go and pack up our casita where we'd been staying to detox before the before the ceremonies. And I said, Oh my gosh. God, ayahuasca, whoever's there, I'm feeling really, really scared. Please give me some reassurance that I'm going to be okay. And this is the right thing to do. And at that moment, I felt called to look up to my right. And there on the roof of this casita, this random little sort of, I mean, it was more of a shack, was this statue of Michelangelo. You know, the one, uh, not Michelangelo, Dave, Michelangelo's David, that white statue of a naked man with sort of curly hair and his woolly hanging out. You'll know it if you see it. Michelangelo also did like the Sistine Chapel, etc. Now, I share this story in my book, Love is Coming, in the heel section. And it's around, the chapter is around how to let go of your romantic baggage. And basically, I don't know where I heard this story, but back in the day, someone asked Michelangelo, how did you create this incredible statue of David? And Michelangelo said, oh, it was very easy. I simply looked at the big block of marble and I just removed everything that was not David. And the reason I share this in the healing section of the book is because that's what this journey is about. It's not actually really becoming something that we are not. It's releasing all of the things that block us from our brilliance and our true nature and essence. That's why in your spiritual fields, you often hear it's about remembering who you already are. It's not really about becoming something else, even though that language, sometimes it's easy for people to understand. Think about a baby, they come in here pure and perfect. It's really about getting back to that level of purity and innocence. All these things that get impressed upon us and imprinted on us from society, from um, our families, from childhood, various things that happen, traumas that happen to us. So that's why in ayahuasca, it's so profound that the first part is really the purging and the releasing and the healing. And you can't manifest what you desire in life until you've done that healing work. And this is something so many women struggle with because they want to manifest the partner, but they haven't first unblocked and healed and released all of the things that they need to. Because when you do that, you are already the perfect manifester. 
you are then attract we attract the energetic level we are at water seeks its own level so you need to release the shit literally and metaphorically and then you will attract from the healthy authentic you and i've seen this in my love life my own love life and i've seen this in so many of my clients so final sign i have been when i was in costa rica i was feeling very called to bring this is even before the ceremony to bring women over to share all this magic with them i've known this for some years that i was going to do it but i couldn't see the path i didn't know how i was going to do it and i just know like when i was doing the ayahuasca i've got to share this with women specifically to support them in their love lives because this is what it helped me do so much like mine and joe's relationship is dramatically different it was already it was good in so many ways but we've released something that we needed to release and now it's like it's it's otherworldly in so many ways but healthy and grounded at the same time so anyway after the shit saga joe and i went and sat down by the fire and there was this woman there that i'd noticed a few times she actually looks like one of my best friends knew and we got talking and we're sort of just you know coming out of uh, the the ayahuasca the intensity of the Alaska and she got talking about how she's um buying a retreat center near Nasara which is where we wanted to have it and and you can invest shares in it basically and and run retreats from there and everything she said we spent the next few days hanging out with her felt so 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 aligned with my mission and and all of the stresses and questions I had around the retreat like literally the way that she's operating this is exactly like deals with all of them. So I don't even have to worry about them. I can just focus on my brilliance and genius and what I'm here to do in supporting women and not all the details. That I don't fucking know what I'm doing with. So get ready, watch this space. If this, if what I've shared today has called to you, then you will be hearing about this later on. Um, because I know that Costa Rica is going to be a very big, well, it is a big part of my life and journey. And I absolutely know that it will be if this, this episode has resonated for you. So what I want you to think about is the signs and the synchronicities that are guiding you towards your next chapter of your love journey. Now, it may be, as I've already shared this episode, is there one particular thing that I've shared that has resonated, that has made, it's, it's activated something in you and it's made you think, I need to go and call that person or look at this thing or read Persia's book or whatever it was. Show up for it. Don't let life just, you know, busyness, take that away and then you forget. You need to write it down. You need to go and show up for it. I had avoided the, the to really looking at this stuff for quite some time because I let life get in the way. And guess what? You just delay your transformation. You delay the miracles. You, you delay that manifestation. If, if, if you're obsessed with the manifestation and I get it, I've been there, even though, as I've said, it's not the most important thing. It actually is a trifling matter, the manifestation. It becomes a like, of course that happens. It's the inner experience really that you want, but show bloody up for it. Show up for that guidance. So I think that's pretty much everything that I want to share as expected. This went on longer. Oh, the other quick synchronicity, my birthday, the, the dates, it was 11th of the second, 22. And then the second ceremony was the 12th. So it's one, two, 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 it was, you know, all of those angel numbers, one, 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 two, 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 you know, the drill. So it felt very potent. That was the other little thing. So numerology and ironically, I came back and interviewed, I had an interview, a podcast interview scheduled with a numerologist called Caitlin Carehart. So, and that episode was due to come out on the 22nd of the 2nd, 22 of February. Um, and so 
basically I've now got massively into numerology like astrology just never has really done it for me it's not that I don't believe in it it just it doesn't resonate with me and for some unbeknownst reason numerology just like it really speaks to me if you're into it you might know um about it I'm a life path one I've just read about it and I'm like oh my god that is me that really fucking resonates so maybe that's uh, a little activator for you there maybe it's numerology maybe you're interested in that go and look it up go just go and do some googling go and look up caitlin carehart i did i'll go and listen to that podcast episode i did with her um just look in lovers coming podcast episodes go and listen to that because it's fascinating so right let's let's round this up let's round this up please 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 do come and let me know over at instagram at persia lawson what resonated for you and what action you're going to take from listening to this episode. If you've done ayahuasca, come and share with me your experience. Please don't leave me a 10 minute voice note. I know this has been a long episode. Um, Sometimes people do that and I just do not have the capacity to listen. So short and concise, and then I will definitely be able to get back to you. So please do that. I have two opportunities. um, If this episode has resonated very simply, if it has, go and check out my book loveiscomingbook.com you can access it there um or it's in my instagram bio it's going to really resonate if if this episode has and it's under a tenor so go and check that book out if you actually want to go deeper and you're feeling that you want this year to be the year that you really step into your power in romantic relationships This is specifically for women who identify as leaders. I have a new coaching container coming up um, that is going to support female leaders get a powerful soul soul expanding relationship that revolutionizes your growth, impact and happiness. If that is speaking to you, there is going to be a group container. There's also the option to work with me one to one. What I want you to do is either DM me the words. what can I say? Actually, no, don't, don't DM me because I will forget to send it to my team. What I want you to do is actually email support at persialawson.com and just say, you know, I listen to Persia's Ayahuasca or Aya podcast, and I'm interested in the female leaders container. We have quite a lot of people already interested in this experience just from um, DM conversations or, or them reaching out to me. And so it really helps me to know how many people or who specifically is interested so I can channel into and tap into that energy um, and a few details around this container. And, And also it's just really great for me to get on your radar and vice versa. I really love connecting to people before we work together or, or even think about working together. So please do reach out make yourself known on Instagram slash message my team at supportpagelawson.com. Anyway, this has gone on for plenty of time. I think we might even be over an hour at this point. Thank you so much for, for staying tuned. I'm really, really grateful to have shared this experience. It's intensely personal and vulnerable for me, but I have to say, I know my life will never be the cha- be the same. And therefore, I know my even my coaching experiences I've had since the ayahuasca, which was, gosh, only like 10 days ago, um, have been dramatically more powerful. And I'm so excited to see what's to come anyway. 
thanks for listening. Sending you so much love. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope this episode served you and gave some practical insights and strategies around the next steps in transforming your love life from the inside out. Do come and let me know over on Instagram what resonated for you the most and why. I am at Persia Lawson. And if you want more tips and tools on how to become a vibrational match for the powerful, committed relationship that you deserve, check out my book, Love is Coming, as well as my programs and coaching containers over at persialawson.com. This website is also linked in this episode's show notes. And if you got value from this episode, I'd be so grateful if you'd like, subscribe, share, and or leave a quick review. This helps the podcast rank higher so it can reach other women who want or need the support. And to have your question answered, send it over to podcast at persialawson.com and we'll get to it ASAP. Until next time, I want you to remember that love is coming for you. But in the meantime, it's your responsibility to stop looking outside of yourself for the partner you want to get and start looking inside of yourself for the partner you want to be.